Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Three Semi-Wise Men podcast. I am joined once again by... Curtis Wurstek. And... Wade Holmes eating an orange. And Wade eating an orange. Festive mood, Christmas orange. And I'm season. Michael Ryder <laughs> eating strange candy for my grandmother. All right, so... Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about hearing from God, and I have a nice little story to, to get us in. You've got it, guys. You know what I used to find the story, gentlemen? Google. So this is our week's Google search, unless maybe you did a better one. Nope, no. <laughs> this is this week's Google search. Upon putting in excuses, or using I told, God told me as an excuse, this is a story that a pastor wrote on his blog. My secretary tapped on my front off on my office door inside the First Baptist Church of a small town, Oklahoma, peeked inside and said, Mrs. Jones is here to see you. Then, making sure only I could see her, she rolled her eyes and backed out of the doorway, leaving the room for my visitor to slip past her. I invited Mrs. Jones into my study and sat down while I tried unsuccessfully to suppress a guilty grin. A guilty grin, not gin. God has been speaking to me, she began, in an incredibly condescending tone. And he wants me to tell you that he disapproves of this post-prom party you are planning for the youth group. Really? And exactly what is it he disapproves of? Well, she replied, by having the party start after the prom, rather than having it during the prom, you are implying that the church feels it is acceptable for young Christian men and women to dance together in a lasvicious manner. Ooh, good word. Mm, that's a big word. Mm-hmm. I attempted to counter by saying that, at least in my own personal experience, it was what happened after the prom that usually got kids in trouble, and that, and that to the best of my knowledge, no one ever, ever actually gotten pregnant while on the dance floor. <laughs> I don't appreciate your cavalier attitude, young mad. I intend to bring this up to the church board, have the party cancelled, and see that you are disciplined. In the future, she continued, perhaps you should spend more time in prayer and personal Bible study that you can more accurately discern the will of God. Oh, there you go. So well, she must be right. She must be right. God Clearly. told her. So <laughs> the question I asked you guys last week was, um, what are some of your favorite excuses you've heard people use to say God told me? Wait. Favorite excuses or like or what excuses? What you excuses heard? have they used? I think a lot of the times when we're engaging in sin, we either turn a blind eye <laughs> to what God or to what we should we know we should be doing, or we find a way to justify it and be like, well, it's not technically you know against the Bible. It's just Jesus doesn't talk about it a lot, and you know it's in the Old Testament, but uh, we've all heard that one. I hear all uh, the time. One. <laughs> I, all the time, hear that one. That's a good one. Curtis, did you have one? Um, just. It's not sort of much an excuse, it's just this example of I, um, people embarrassing themselves when saying, God told me. Okay. And it's when they're at a public place, at like at a um, restaurant or whatever, and they're a group of Christians, and usually this happens right after a conference or something, <laughs> and they're just, they're just hanging out and talking, and then one of them will randomly stop in the group and pull aside the waiter and in front of everyone to say, God told me that there's some, this going on in your life, and they'll... Say something really specific, and they'll be like, "Is this actually going on in your life?" And they'll be, like, 
And the one time in particular, I'm thinking, yeah, the person, <laughs> the waitress was said, no, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and so she, but the person was really persistent, and so she kept going, and she was like, okay, well, is there any pain in your? I think it was like arm or something. Do you feel pain in your arm? Can we pray for you? She's like, no, I don't feel any pain. It's like, <laughs> like, and finally she she's like, okay, well, I'll, can I just pray for you quickly? And she's like, okay, fine, just to get it all over. With. <laughs> she let her pray, and it was like. By the end, I was so embarrassed for my entire group. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd get up and walk away, because that's really <laughs> That's like um, those people who speak to ghosts. <laughs> Is there anyone in this room who's had a loved one pass away? Anyone. Anyone, anyone? Oh, you have. You? Okay, let me go through the letters. A, B, <laughs> C. Yes, his name had a scene at the beginning. Yes. Um, Chris. Did he die? Yes, he did. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? It's... I'd like to think their heart is there, and those people, I'd like to say that their heart is in the right place, like they want to help people and all that, but at the same time, if God's not actually anointed you to do this, and you'll know, mm -hmm. don't do it. <laughs> like, follow mm -hmm. biblical principle, live a Christ-like life, but don't move where God's not telling you to move. Mm -hmm. See, there's this man named R.T. Kendall who uh, wrote an article called, God Told Me. Really? <laughs> uh, which says, how do, we mis how do we misuse God's name when we claim he told us something? With our intent. Most often we mention him for one reason, to elevate our own credibility. It is not his name we are thinking of, but it is our reputation. Mm. Adding the weight of God's name to our words gives us authority and respectability. But the truth is, we're not thinking of God's name and glory. When we do this, we're thinking of our own. So, if this is the case, if we have now this reputation when someone says, God told me that they're making an excuse or using that authority as their own um, credibility to get past what they are, how are we able to tell people something that God really told us? Well, whenever I hear the phrase, exactly, God told me, my skepticism radar instantly goes off. It's like, okay, this person's probably just going to pull something out of their butt that they feel they need to tell me because they've noticed maybe a flaw or a sin that I commit. But it's not necessarily anointed by the Spirit to move and tell me. It's, <laughs> it's funny, definitely. And usually the times that it has happened in my past has kind of been something that wasn't actually that big of an issue. I think, though, the best way to approach this, if you... Say, if you do actually feel God has called you to tell somebody something or to do something, it's like, wait on it a little bit. Pray, pray about it for sure. And definitely, don't approach them with the phrase, God told me to, to do this. Take a little bit of time. Use spiritual wisdom. Use discernment to decide if this is what you should be doing right now. Talk it over with like a mentor or a friend. See if this is actually something you should be doing, something you should be moving in. And just give it a little bit of time. God's got all the time in the world. He's going to let us know for sure if we should be doing something or not. But we have to take the effort to move in that, too. Curtis? Any thoughts? Any Good thoughts? Job. What was the question? Um, it's two plus two. If... <laughs> five. <laughs> if... Um, <laughs> I'll go with how Wade said it. If when someone says, God told me, raises already skeptical alarms in your head, how is there a way that we can... Uh, tell people things that perhaps God is leading us to tell them um, without raising that skepticism? Um, I think you should, for one, do it respectfully. Don't, don't 
present this like, in front of a bunch of people. Oh, like yeah. set the per- bring the person aside mm-hmm. or talk to them one whenever you had chance one on one or whatever, and just sort of say, I just I just feel like I should be sharing this. I just, I'll let I'll just tell you what's on I'm feeling right now, and you, if you can relate, great. If you can't, then whatever, it's fine. I'll just mm-hmm. or and. Um, I think that's probably the most safest way to approach because then because then you're going I'm I'm not for sure this is or I'm not like pushing a god is telling me on you I'm just going this is what I feel and mm-hmm. I'm going to just I feel obligated to tell you something so yeah I'm going to do it well there's more love in that too because you're showing like a firm line of like respect and understanding you're not just jumping the person's life and being like hey god told me mm-hmm. like yeah. Well, especially when it's something that's like the person's doing something that's wrong and you just like jump yeah. on them and you start almost in a condemning way. Yeah. yeah. Um, our friend R.T. Kendall, our newly acquired friend. Mm. <laughs> should has, uh, this is what he says. Sounds nice. And, and uh, uh, well, basically with that. If I truly have a word from the Lord, I can say it without mentioning his holy name. It will speak for itself. And if people don't recognize my authenticity because I don't include God's name, that is not my problem. I don't like that last part, do you? That's not my problem if they don't recognize it? Because they're approaching it as if it is God talking, but they're not sort of making it clear that it's God trying to talk to them. Is that what the... Well, yeah, well, his idea is um, if God's telling me to tell someone that I don't have to say God told me, I can mm. just tell them what it is and then the Spirit will help them discern that, which I don't really have an issue with that. Oh, yeah. Knows. But mm-hmm. he says at the end that if they don't recognize that authenticity, then it's not my problem, which I don't think is true. Right? Because if God's telling you to tell this person something, then he's wanting you to tell it for a reason so you don't just, you know, tell it and then leave. Like, if the yeah, prophets but... have a message and they come and okay. they say something... But say that's... Say the person's heart is surrounded by a bunch of different walls. Say that is the first wall getting knocked over. Mm-hmm. So then the next one comes, it knocks over another, and eventually it sinks in. I think it kind of basically means, like, if the person doesn't take it, that's not his concern because God is working on it. Like, God has the plan for it. His action right now may not be what is, like, the final plan for that person. I think that's kind of where he's taking that. He could have said it nicer. He could have. <laughs> but we can't always be nice. Yeah. Alright. Now, I'm going to read a Bible verse instead of Kendall. Okay. Okay, okay good. This is some real authority. <laughs> yeah, some real authority, finally. This is what God told me to share. <laughs> this is one of, one of my favorite OT verses on just kind of listening to God. And it's when the Elijah walks out to hear God. Let's see. Which verse was it? 11. Okay. The Lord said, go out, oh sorry, this is 1 Kings 19.11 to 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Well, you told me to come here. Um, so in that story, God comes just as a, a, a whisper to, to Elijah. So an actual audible voice, or is what we can assume from that passage, was an actual audible voice. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you feel God speaks to you? Curtis. Um, me personally? Yeah. We'll start with the personal ones. 
I've never actually taken that as literal, like, you could hear his voice. I always thought it was more like a, just... Like in your heart, or...? Yeah. Okay. You, sort of, you just sort of know he's talking to you. See, in other you words, know, I always envisioned it as, like, God actually talking to him, like oh. an audible voice, so... Yeah, I did because of the other examples. That it has these huge things having fires and winds and stuff that you assume and says but he wasn't in there so you're kind of assuming that or at least I assume that it was his voice he's waiting for in those moments hmm. but it came as an into whisper but I guess you could take it another way that his presence wasn't in that particular setting sure destruction destruction <laughs> <laughs> hmm. oh yeah okay anyways sweet <laughs> um, ways that God speaks to me I, I wrote down three, I think, that are the main ones that God speaks to us. And that's through His Holy Spirit. He can mm -hmm. just speak directly into our hearts, um, speak into our lives directly. Um, another, the other two I don't think a lot of people think of when they think of hearing God's voice. And that's through other people, actually. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you just really want to hear his voice but you're, I, you can't hear anything you're just like God speaks to me and he's not speaking to you sometimes you need to go to someone and go hey can can you pray for me or do you have like something to say that would be what God wants you to say to me right now you just go to someone else and maybe they'll be able to speak on God's behalf and the third one is God's word like the Bible it's pretty straightforward but if you think about it this is the word of God God spoke and these are the words that God put onto paper. And he's, well, obviously he's people and stuff like that, but these are what he wanted to say to us. And so sometimes it's just as easy as opening up the Bible and start reading it. And and I've heard so many stories of people just opening up, like I don't necessarily recommend just opening up to a random page <laughs> and start reading and go, oh, that's what God spoke to me. <laughs> Especially if you land up in certain uh, New Te Old Testament <laughs> <laughs> Stone the adulteress. Yeah. <laughs> There's a funny uh, YouTube video I saw. It's like um, stuff every Christian does, and like that was in the video. The lady like flips open her Bible. She's like, "Lord, just tell me what I'm doing today." <laughs> Pokes her finger on the page. That doesn't make sense to my life. And <laughs> goes back to doing what she was doing. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, I can't just start at the beginning. You just kind of randomly flip through and be like, "Okay, Lord, it's random, so you must be in this." <laughs> but I. I don't recommend that, but I have heard of times where God does use that. And, you know what? Fair enough. And he, and he uses just uh, regular devotionals. If we're just going through oh, yeah. books in the Bible or whatever, sometimes it's just that consistent reading. And one day you just open up, you just open up to what you're going to read for that day, and God speaks to you powerfully mm -hmm. through that. So. All right, wait. Did you have any other different way that God personally speaks to you? Well, this fine gentleman sitting across the table from me took all mine, oh, but I do that. have a bit of a story, bit of a thing to go along with it. Good. Some of my points. An anecdote, alright. So, yes, an anecdote. It's <laughs> nice. a nice word. Did your uh, friend suggest it to you? No, uh, I've been watching a British show that uses no, it all okay. the time. <laughs> the British office, I'm assuming? No. Okay. <laughs> well, for many, for a while in my Christian walk, in the beginning, I was, no other way to say it, I was pretty stupid. I was like, I charged head first into pretty much everything. I <laughs> wasn't that well-versed in my Bible, and I thought I knew pretty much everything. It's been a journey, and God's definitely walked with me through that, but for the first little while, I basically, like, <laughs> needed God like a child needs a parent. Like, he basically had to, like, take my hand and, like, stop me every time and be like, hey, wait, 
just calm down. Like, well, the unicorn go this way, then I'll jump over this way. Like, I'll jump off a cliff and it'll take me back up, put me back on. <laughs> I was doing this all the time. And, but during that time, it was the deepest closeness I've ever had with God. Like, he showed me, like, crazy spiritual things, like, so many truths about things that I had been wrong on. And, like, the most humbling one was realizing that I don't have all the answers. And during that time, I actually felt like God was literally there. Like, there's no other feeling. It's like if reaching out and patting Mag, Mike, Mag. <laughs> It's like reaching out and touching another person right in front of you. Like you can feel them, you can hear them, you can see them. It was that kind of intimate closeness. And I haven't really had that in that amount since then, but I've definitely had intimacy with God since then. But at that point in my life, it was definitely like a, he's right there kind of thing. And it was really cool. Um, but more than anything recently is the first point, one of the, sorry, the second point Curtis mentioned. The second point Curtis mentioned, which was he talks a lot through other people, I feel that one's really been hitting them closest to home more than anything because God has anointed me to do so many things and he trusts me with so many things. It's like, you know, you prove to him that you can basically handle all this responsibility and he gives you a bit more for his kingdom. And I feel like that's what he's been doing lately, so he hasn't had to, um, not to say that we don't connect a lot, but like he hasn't had to like jump in every five seconds and be like, okay, wait, what are you doing now? Pulling back up the cliff. <laughs> So he's definitely been giving me wisdom and advice through other people, which I can tell with a bit of spiritual discernment that like it's spirit breathed, which is really cool. And um, this one's kind of weird. I wish I could back it up with like a actual scriptural thing, but I've never heard of anybody having this. But um, the last way I've come across that God speaks to me a lot is I feel it's unique to me. It might not be, you know, maybe one of our listeners can relate to this, but um See, I, I openly talk to God, like, every day. I go through my daily life just talking to God, like, out loud, not just in my head. Like, it's like, God, frick, like, what's going to happen today? Like, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? Like, how are you? <laughs> just all these questions. And, and People stare at you strangely. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> I usually do it in a one-on-one setting. Like, I'm not going to walk into a mall and be like, hey, God, what are you doing? Where should I go today? Should I go to the, should I go to the Gap or should I go to Blue Notes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But no, just talking about my life with God and like where I should be going and what I should be doing and definitely giving time to to listen to him because I think that's one thing we miss a lot. So focus on talking to God and asking questions that we forget to actually do the listening. But when he and I are having this interaction, it's kind of neat because it's not like there's an audible voice. It's not like there's... Yeah, I guess it's not like there's an audible voice. It's not like I'm talking to another person. But as I work through my thoughts... I can actually feel when I finally hit like the hammer on the nail, God just sends this like peace throughout my body that lasts let's sit, five, six seconds, not long, but I just feel that like I've figured out what God is trying to say through this, like, or what I need to do in this thought process. And it's fun because sometimes I figure it out in five minutes and God's like, there you go. You got it. Another <laughs> time it's like a month later and he's like, Wade, just, just say it. Like, you're so close. You're almost there. Just get that thought process out. Like, come on, you can do it. And then I finally get it out there and I'm like, oh, that's what it was. That's what God's trying to say. <laughs> And it's, it's kind of neat because it's a little bit of a journey. I've begun calling it like spiritual shivers. It feels like, it kind of feels like you're getting cold, but my whole body feels it and it's joyous in that moment, which is really nice. Coining a term. Not to say that, you know, I haven't mistaken it for actually being cold before. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gotten better over the years at telling which one is God breathed and which one is just cold. <laughs> it does happen. Well, well, yeah. Mine is actually similar to yours. Ooh. Uh, God... I find God speaks to me the most through what my thoughts and my desires are. And that obviously does, I think, the same with every way God speaking to you takes a lot of spiritual discernment. 
but there's just like a way that when it's a God placed a, a thought or an idea in my head, that that's just God breathed, mm-hmm. and it's for me it's not like an experience of peace. It's like I get extremely excited, <laughs> <laughs> like oh that's a great idea. I want to go do this now, but it's midnight, <laughs> and so yeah, that, that that's like what fills me, and I get really excited about it and can't wait to do it. And then that's how God speaks to me. I find a lot of the ways through mm-hmm. desires and thoughts. Hmm. Uh, one person that I find actually I've had a couple people tell me this is that God speaks to them through music they'll get some lyrics just stuck in their head going over and over again and those lyrics will have a message that just kind of really impacts them in their lives um, well, hopefully they weren't listening to the radio beforehand but... <laughs> no it would be worship songs <laughs> no Kesha up in there yeah, so that's another way um, do you guys have any other ways or... oh that was really my final thought on the matter well, other ways I've heard of that I've never really experienced, but uh, dreams and visions. Mm, yeah. Clear yeah. in the middle of the night, they're just, when you're clear sleeping, day. clear as day. Yeah, you just feel like you just catch you just catch like a vision of something, a scenario that's happening, or maybe God's like in this, or you just see something and you're just like this is what God's saying to me. Mm-hmm. This is what I should be doing. This is what I should be changing my life. And then when they wake up, they just remember all of it in, in vivid detail. Yeah, and it's. Was actually I have an interesting story about that. It isn't my own, but it's one that just like blew me away. Um, when I was in the Yukon, one of the older women in the church, she said one day her and her husband and two of the other elders of the church were going to Whitehorse from Watson Lake, and on her way there, she noticed they were all asleep, and she's like, oh, "Okay, whatever, you know." They all fell asleep, but it seemed pretty odd because they were talking less than like a couple seconds ago, and they were just gone. But um, as she looked out her window, she saw a giant white horse just shining and beaming, galloping along as it, as she drove, and she was speechless. She wasn't sure what it meant, and she was like, God, what is this? And after driving beside it for a while, she realized that it was just basically saying, the way ahead is going to be safe, like there's going to be no trouble. I'm going before you, and what you're going to do there is going to be anointed. And as soon as the horse went really fast ahead, like it was... She said it was going at least three to four hundred miles an hour. So yeah. <laughs> that's it was a lot just, of horsepower. That's a lot of horsepower. <laughs> it was just gone. And then once it had gotten out of her sight, she just pulled over to the side of the road and everybody in the car was woken up again. And then she, she's like, I, I can't drive right now. And her husband's like, okay, well, I'll drive. And after a while, they're like, well, what's wrong? You seem shaking because you're just sitting there in the car shaking for a while. And she's like, well, I just... I don't know what I saw. I had a vision from the Lord, and they were all mad because she didn't wake him up. <laughs> but it was just, you could feel the authenticity of when she told that story of how true it was, and it just, I don't think I'll ever forget it. I thought it was just really neat. Very cool, very cool. All right. So, does, uh, my last question for you guys is, does God still speak like he did in the OT? You have, uh, Prophets doing... Oh, Old Testament, that's what you mean by OT. OT, sorry. <laughs> the entire time I've been sitting here, I'm like, overtime, awkward... No, awkward turtle. Sorry. Awkward turtle. That's uh, my, school, turtle. my school term. Mm. From in the Old Testament. You church kids. Yeah. Uh, in the Old Testament, um, we have prophets that he speaks to, and the prophets go out and shout a message, or you have someone like Ezekiel, who's supposed to lie on his side, facing one way, cook his meals on cow dung. Oh, I still do that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you liked dinner I made you last week. <laughs> oh, Hosea. Uh, I think it was Hosea who took a prostitute as a wife to symbolize it. Does he still speak to us in these ways or is he using different ways? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was researching this a little bit, my I originally took that question as, does God still kind of speak to us as often as he does compared mm-hmm. to Old Testament times and now? 
And originally I was going to say um, no, because I feel now more in days after Jesus' death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit is kind of what does a lot of the, I guess, work, for lack of a better word. But if you're doing better research, I don't know, I'm still kind of in between. I know he speaks to us in different ways now, in ways that couldn't be done before, because mm -hmm. there just wasn't the technology or there wasn't the accessibility to going around the world as fast as we can. But even just looking through the Old Testament, I was like, no, God speaks all the time. But then when you realize some of the stories are like hundreds of years apart, and mm -hmm. it's like some of the disciples waited like diligently for like a generation or two, and it's like, well, God, are you going to talk to me? Okay, no, I'll just wait another 20 years. I'd say it's about, I don't know, I feel it's probably just been even the entire time. I feel like he's consistently spoken to people. It's just we have to get good, or after we get well at discerning when he does. I think it's a yes and no answer. Oh, oh. God speaks to us differently, and he speaks to us in many ways the same as he did then. He doesn't speak to us as he did with the prophets, where he's, he revealed himself to the nations in new ways through the prophets, because you see, like, the entire New Old Testament is just from, it's like, I don't know how old the earth is, but say a few thousand years is encompassed in the Old Testament, and that's just slowly God revealing himself over time, mm -hmm. and revealing what he wants to see in our lives, and how, and what his thoughts are, what he likes, what he dislikes, just sort of revealing his character, revealing his love, revealing his, his majesty and glory through, over thousands of years. Um, in new ways, but I don't think God reveals himself in new ways now. I think God just shows, like some people don't understand a certain aspect of God, but it's in the Bible. People already mm. know about it, and God just has to reveal them to them personally at a more intimate level so that they understand it in their heart mm. as opposed to just on words. That makes sense. So, um, so, so, so would you say he still speaks to us in the same way, but maybe by different means? doing it because he has there's more okay, I don't want to say there's more resources but there's different resources from biblical times of like ways he can speak to us would you say he uses different means now or just the same idea because I don't think he lights a lot of bushes on fire anymore and I don't think he like puts a ton of people in, oh. well he technically in the Old Testament he didn't light a bunch of bushes on fire he just did it once with Moses well I know <laughs> <laughs> just saying as an example yeah. like do you think he uses different ways to Kind of get our attention. Though. Use a pillar mm -hmm. of fire and whatnot. Well, I mean, even if you look in the Old Testament, like Mike's saying here, there's like thousands of different ways that God speaks to yeah. people, like burning bushes in this mm -hmm. um, still small voice, and like in visions, and like all kinds of things. And I think God speaks to each person sort of differently based on their personality or who, they're, what they're like, and what they'll respond to mm -hmm. the best. Well, He knows He made them. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, All right, I'm going to narrow down this question a bit. Okay. Um, with, um, in the Old Testament, with the, I'm narrowing it down with the way the prophet's speaking. He's speaking to a prophet to speak to a whole nation. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think he still speaks to people to speak to large groups of people about a certain issue or a certain sin that they're committing? Or do you think he's speaking more personally, just like maybe he tells one person to tell another person? and not so much a large group of people, like the nation of Israel. <laughs> I feel he anoints certain people to do that, like to speak to large groups. I feel a lot of people misunderstand that God's not calling them to that. I feel there's a lot of people who just want to, they feel they're supposed to go out and preach to, the, to everybody because that's doing more of the Lord's work. Mm -hmm. But it's the same as just having God tell you something and 
having it only be applicable to one person. It's the same amount of kingdom building work, in my yeah. opinion. I think there's just been a huge misconception between those two. But um, I would say nowadays it's definitely more the personal relationship. And that's just my opinion, but I would say nowadays that is. I think God speaks to large groups of people, not entire nations, but just to, say, a congregation, where God will speak through pastors or through um, elders or whatever to speak in, to a church, and the church is going to change ways that they do things, and maybe um, if there's lots of issues in the church, then those can be addressed or whatever, but it's specific to the group. It's not specific to a nation, but even still, there's um, there are things that you can see, like nation, entire nations seem to have like certain issues that they're the main problems and I think God still wants to address those but he does it at very small levels like he works with groups of people or individuals and he's not speaking to entire nations where it's like okay this is an entire nation's problem and someone's going to get up there and change the entire nation like Moses would to Israel or something but he's going to just change people um, person by person congregation by congregation just yeah cool no. do you have any other thoughts well, I didn't even get to James, which was where all my thoughts were, but... <laughs> what, were you, what did you want to say out of James? I wanted, I wanted to talk about just ways that... Uh, things that are, hold us back from hearing from God. Okay. So... Preach it. Curtis. <laughs> what are some things that hold us back from God? <laughs> well, you, now you didn't make like, a smooth transition. No. <laughs> I didn't expect to actually like go into it, because it's already like 30 minutes in, so... Okay, we'll just leave it. Okay. You can write a blog about it. I'll write a blog about it, yeah. Hey, wait, come back. We're closing. All right. Well, that's the end of our Hearing from God segment of the podcast. So, signing off today. I'm Wade Holmes. I'm Curtis Wurstek. And I'm Mike Ryder. Check out 3semiwisemen.wordpress.com where I think Wade says he's got a blog post. I will have a blog post. And Don't forget Curtis. to like us on Facebook. Yeah, that too. And Curtis is going to have a blog post this week, it looks yeah, like, as well. well. And check so, out my other one from, so, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so, uh, time comes and up. decide which one of the two you like more. We'd love so to hear from you. We are always in competition. Oh, <laughs> God bless everyone.